Hey, welcome back to the show. Seems to be a weird trend today, doesn't it? Now, school district in Wisconsin accused of covering up Columbine-style manifesto. Superintendent releases statement. Holy shit. Chippewa Falls' this article is by Alex Loroff and Devin Williams. Posted February 8th originally and updated February 8th originally. Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. The superintendent at Chippewa Falls Area Unified School District is speaking out about an incident at the at the district's middle school last fall. Superintendent Jeff Holmes says the district determined students were not in jeopardy at any time. The district intervened and the matter was resolved without incident. While Holmes didn't provide any specific details about the situation, he says the district determined it was not it did not rise to the level of requiring public announcement that and, <laughs> and that an announcement may have generated new issues concerning st- uh, staff and student safety. Yeah, uh, gender-confused student wanting to shoot up school was caught on school computer planning. School, don't do it, and we won't tell anybody. On the good faith system, on the honor system, they go with the deranged student's word and go, all right, cool. Well, they've agreed not to kill anybody, so clearly the word is bond. Because mentally confused gender backwards people keep their word on things. Definitely the rule, not the exception, right? And also, let's not forget, we have a long history of schools protecting this kind of shit. Oh, I'm sorry, your daughter got raped in the school's bathroom in uh, Virginia Junior High? Oh, I don't talk about quick. Sh- quietly shuffle the male student away from here into a different junior high where he can continue to offend again and again and again and again. There's a long history of this nonsense where schools go out of their way to protect the male student pretending to be female or the female student pretending to be male just for their obvious mental illness after months and months and months, if not years, of being reinforced and celebrated, the mental illness spreads like a fucking cancer to the point where now the person popped up on hormones. Maybe you're female to male, right? All of a sudden, you have testosterone in your body. You're doing all kinds of crazy shit because you feel like you can. Maybe you're male to female. You are never any of these things, by the way. You'll never be one to the other. This is not not a possibility, but biological facts aside here. You now are going to have all sorts of weird hormone imbalances, making your brain do all sorts of crazy shit. Borderline schizophrenic and BPDS symptoms start to sink in. Testosterone, estrogen, war in your system. You feel inclined to do various things. Like shoot up a fucking school, perhaps. Covenant comes to mind. The Joel Olstein thing that just happened, we'll be recording that later. I'm just saying. You celebrate and you reinforce these kinds of things long enough, it will come back to haunt you. Being trans is not real. Their gender identity is made up. But what isn't made up and is all too real is their mental illness and its effects on our fucking society. So before you go around affirming anything all willy-nilly because it feels good at the time to just go with it, man, you are doing a much deeper harm to both the person, yourself, society, and the future of said society. All because it's the easiest thing to do, and everyone's telling you it's the moral thing to do. Because... Fuck you, right? You're not looking at somebody with a clear mental illness. The man dresses a woman standing before you, wearing the prosthetic tits, maybe? Yeah, that's a, that's a big red flag in front of you. And you're just supposed to just be like, oh, yes, that is that. You see a woman chopped her tits off, dressed like a man, they have a weird jawline thing going on, like his half-developed child, looks like a, looks like a five-foot-nine, eight-year-old boy standing before you. The weird cheekbones and shit. Yes. Totally a woman. I mean, totally a man. Yes. 
Much masculine. Looks like an effeminate, weirdly diked lesbian. Looks like Mike Myers, essentially. You go from Ellen Page to Elliot Page. You just be like, yes, that's a woman. Or I mean, a man. See, I can't even fucking pretend, go along with it longer to pretend to be the fuck. Ah, I can't even do the joke right. My brain won't even let me do it. But here we are. Again, you do no service by playing pretend with these people. Call it out for what it is and talk about it. But let's continue on. School district speaking out about the incident at the district's middle school last fall. Superintendent Jeff Holmes says the district determined the students were not in jeopardy at any time. The district intervened and the matter was resolved without incident. While Holmes didn't provide any specific details to the situation, he says the district determined that it did not rise to the level of requiring a public announcement and that the de- and that an announcement may have garnered new issues concerning staff and student safety. Holmes said in a statement, quote, quote, We take these situations very seriously. We approach these matters with the utmost care, following all applicable laws, and with expert guidance to properly review each unique case. The statement appears to be in a response, from, a response to a claim from Stephen Crowder. That the school covered up the Columbine style manifesto. That being said, we're going to hop right over here. We're going to make this large, and we're going to watch some of this as he goes into it. Set it up to this. Make it in a nice high setting. All right. Okay, and as you can see, I'm going to jump around a little bit, of course, because, you know, this isn't my content, and I'm not going to sit here and just play the whole fucking clip in front of you. This is going to be kind of a short episode, but it's their story to break. we got stuff to read, and, um, you know, hey, go from there. And I'm trying to be very careful in what I say, but the manifesto specifically also mentions group. This is what's important to students, that this person, would-be shooter, would target. Christians, jocks, pretty girls which may explain to you why the parents weren't notified. It does seem as though uh, safety is based on political expediency. So something else important, the administration knew about it, the school board knew about it, the police knew about it because there was a police report. Only you, the parents, were not notified of this serious security threat where motive at that point was also something uh, for which there was information available, which would seem... Maybe you just bump the speed a little bit. ...to be relevant in preventing future crimes. This is my club undercover. Whoa, okay. So, you kind of know what the story is, but uh, I think that the receipts, the um, the evidence here is, is important. So we're making all of that publicly available. Uh, we're trying to be as transparent as possible. Let me play this for you. I will play the full call later, and I'm going to read the police report in its entirety. Lest you say that uh, I'm taking it out of context, at the risk of it being somewhat boring, I think you need to have the full context, and then you can go to the website and check it all out. So this is a brief clip of the full phone call, which we will play later unedited. Okay, yeah, again, I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot or get anybody in trouble or anything. And one of my friends from the police department was telling me that there was a manifesto found, and it was, it was pretty graphic and stuff. So it seemed like something we would normally, or you guys would normally kind of let parents know about. So I just wanted to, you know, kind of clarify that, or, or clear that up, basically. Gotcha. Wait, can I, can I ask your last name? Uh, honestly, I just want to remain, remain anonymous right now. Uh, I don't want any, again, I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot or have my kid, you know, uh, you know, shine a light on him in any way. The main thing I was just trying to find out is basically if you let parents know and if my wife didn't tell me, you know, so. Okay, yeah. I just, the, the reason I ask is just because, like, I mean, right at the school district, we, we always do everything we possibly can. I mean, safety is our number one concern, right? There's, there's, there's never anything that we do that safety isn't the forefront of, of what we're doing and keeping our kids safe, keeping our staff safe, everything like that, too, or whatever. And so um, I'm just, like, just a little bit curious, too, that, Completely unrelated as a, a like that, the police department would be would be leaking something tech issues for what's worth. Sorry, we're doing and keeping our kids safe, keeping our staff safe, everything like that too, or whatever. And so um, I'm just like just a little bit curious too that like the, the police department would be would be leaking something like that to somebody as well too, because right, like we work really closely with them, and we just want to make sure that we're you know we're all on the same page with kind of you know who's who's saying what to who and, and, and that type of stuff. All right, so you're gonna say the difference is cops came, there was more of a scene, so you want to let people know. Where this one, there wasn't that same scene, so you just didn't feel necessary to. Basically, just scare people, I guess, or alert, you know, something like that. Sure. Okay. Number one priority is safety. You're doing a hell of a job, Corey. So the full call will be uh, included here later in the show. It's also important to note that this doesn't exist in a vacuum. We have apples to apples comparisons where other less credible threats, including a would-be school shooting, 
Everyone was notified. Just not in this instance. Why? And how many times after a tragedy have we heard authorities say, you know, the, the perpetrator was on our radar? Yeah. And people say, well, why didn't you do anything? Just infuriates you every time. Every time. This is about solutions. And sometimes solutions, it's okay, by the way, for solutions to, to stem from some seething rage. I would be pretty angry if I were a parent here, too. Because right now we find ourselves in this unique position to uh, report on this exact kind of scenario before it occurs. And I want to be really clear here, this is not an attack on the child in question. Uh, we will do everything that we can to help get this child the help that they need. The source that leaked this to us was very clear about that as well. This is entirely about a system that has failed the children. I don't want to say failed uh, our children. A system that breeds discontent. As far as there is no God, but yeah, there's a hell. He likes the idea of hell. Um, we'll go into more details here um, shortly. So we have some phone calls here. And Gerald, if there's anything that you think that I'm missing, yep. feel free to step in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yesterday afternoon. So you're going forward in time, and then we'll go back in time. We here tried to contact Chippewa Middle School, uh, their assistant principal, I should say, uh, Scott Darusha, to discuss this story after having done our due diligence. And we were initially given the runaround as one. I mean, look, it's also, we're talking about, you're talking about public servants. The runaround is expected, but this is how it started. Chippewa Middle School, this is Kelly. How can I help you? Hi, I am looking for Principal Darusha. Is he in right now? Um, I don't know if he's at his desk. I can transfer you. Is there something I can help you with? Uh, or are you returning a call? No, uh, I'm a reporter uh, working on a story that's going out tomorrow, and it's an urgent matter to speak with Principal Darusha. It's regarding a safety incident at the school um, and a police report involving a student, and it's an urgent matter that I do speak with Mr. Darusha. And what, what reporter, or where are you from, and what is your name? My name is Lane Kindle, and I'm a reporter at Louder with Crowder. I assure you this is a call that Mr. Darusha is going to want to take. Lane Kindle, Louder with what? Crowder. Okay, if you can hold on for a second, I'll see if he's available. Thank you. Thank you. Unfortunately, he is not available. It doesn't sound like, oh, hold on just a second. He, um, can I transfer you the voicemail? No, I'm afraid that's not really going to work because we're working on a time crunch here. Um, I will be around some of the afternoon, though, so is there a good time that I can reach out and call him today? It's very, very time you sensitive. Can, well, you can try and call back if you want. Um, I'm not, you know, I can't guarantee that he'd be available depending on what the date brings. Um, but definitely, either I can transfer you his voice now, you can leave a uh, message, and that way when he is available, he can return your call. Um, is there no uh, chance that I might get his cell phone to try to contact him there? Again, I really want to, I would like to get him a chance to speak before the story goes out, and it will be going out in the morning. So this is okay. time, very time sensitive. Okay, let me, um, do you mind if I put you on hold again? No, and see? no, do your okay, thing. I appreciate you. it. Yep. Uh, okay, uh, Mr. Kendall? Yes, ma'am. Okay, can I get a phone number and then I can have someone from our human resources department give you a call back? So um, so what I can do is I will send an email to, over to you with my number included, and it's going to include a series of questions that we would really like Mr. Darusha to address. Um, I will send it to both his email and the school general email, and there will be my information included, so feel free to contact me at that number. Okay, sounds great. Thank you. Mm, thank you. Bye. Thank you, Stonewall. So... Here's something I want you to keep in mind. We have an entire investigative team here. Uh, imagine you, the parent, trying to get this information. Right there, it's done. You're not going to get a hold of anybody. There's never going to be any accountability. It's the same thing, you know, we discussed this with Carrie Lake when she recorded someone trying to effectively bribe her. Right, yeah. For a second. Yeah, there, we're going to jump ahead here and there just to stick exclusively to the parts that relate to the story. I'm not trying to leak. Got a call from our guy. Anything so, that has sorry, really got cut off that last Reach Darusha. Did they come out? I'm not trying to take any content that has anything to do exclusively with just the clips around the story. You should go watch Crowder's original video with this. But it's been a couple days. Now nah, I want to get on it. With a statement. And they'll try to say, well, we addressed it. Well, you addressed it months later after you got a call from our guy. So we were finally able to reach Darusha. Oh, but that's because people here are going to jump on his cell phone. Hi, Mr. Darusha. Sorry, we just got cut off that last time. My name is Lane Kindle, and I'm a reporter uh, at Louder with Crowder. I just spoke with your secretary, and unfortunately, we weren't able to get a hold of you through the school, so we wanted to, uh, concerning an urgent matter, we reached out to your cell phone. I hope that's okay, but um, I just have a couple questions for you. Um, we're actually getting ready to run a story tomorrow regarding your school and regarding the events that took place on October 23rd, 2023, concerning a middle school student and the alert system Aristotle that was triggered through your school um, and the resulting events around that. And I just wanted to reach out to you before we did that story and see if you had any comment or any anything that you wanted to let us know about that. You know, I'm curious why you guys are running a story on that. Well, because we have actually had um, information given to us through a source in Chippewa Falls concerning the matter. And after hearing that tip, we actually contacted um, appropriate sources and have received a and that's the thing. He just gave it away, too. Because homie goes, 
I don't know. Why would you want to be reporting on that? You should have said, I have no idea what you guys would be reporting. Would be the proper response to what you wanted to do. You wanted to respond with some of the lines of, what happened on that date? That way they know, that way you can at least be like, I don't know about that. You can at least play dumb, but the fact that you went, no. Why would you want to report about that? You seem to know what the that in question is, bud. Oh, by the way, you ever watch uh, Cyber Chase? Doesn't he look like the live action dude at the end of the Cyber Chase episodes? Mm. Police report. So we are very familiar with the incident in a detailed manner, and we believe that it is a story that people should know, and we are curious as to why people in the community were not made aware of such serious issues involving your school. Hi, this is Derek Coons, and I'm actually the principal of the school. I'm here with Mr. Garusha okay. as well. Um, we typically, if we're going to respond to something like this, we typically have a uh, written response that we would share with you. Um, is there an email or something that we could um, share with you or that you could send me an email regarding what you're looking for and that way we could have a written response? Yeah, absolutely. We'll have an email going out here in just a few moments, actually, regarding all the questions that we would like to address. But while we have you on the phone, are you sure there's nothing you'd like to comment on? Because this, um, we are going to be putting this out first thing in the morning, and we just want to make sure that we're getting the full the full story before we do. Yeah, I'm not going to comment right now without seeing everything and having a couple minutes to process it. Okay, well, in that case, we'll have that email. We'll have that email to you uh, within the next few minutes or uh, within the next half hour. And I just want to confirm your email so we're getting that to the right place. My email is... Falls, F-A-L-L-S, dot org. Okay, I'll just read that back to you. Yep. At chipfalls.org? Correct. Okay, well, you can expect that email shortly, and we look forward to your response. Thank you. Thank you. And it, that's very unprofessional for a principal to have such a profane email. I can't believe it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so that happened. And then and we'll get to the police report here. But there was damage control right after, after yep. complete silence for a very long period of time. No parents could have possibly known about this uh, for months. They received our email, and then the superintendent, Jeff Holmes, and uh, uh, when they put how much you want to bet there were no few concerned students at risk or in harm's I'm curious why you guys are running a story on that. I'm curious why community members would reach out, according to your press release. You're curious. I'm, I guess yeah. we're all curious. It's like Spider-Man with the, the, the yeah, meme. With the point the curious. Harm's way. Is that we does send a chill up your spine going, oh my gosh, yeah. they were in danger for sure, is lying. Yeah. Were any students at risk or in harm's way? Is if we read this police report to you, yes. that will become very, very clear that he is lying. Yes. Because they took action, and we'll get to that, but this police report <clears throat> does send a chill up your spine going, oh my gosh, yeah. they were in danger for sure. Yes, without a doubt. And this is something to, we talk about again in the village. Hey, isn't it their job to keep your children safe? And first and foremost, best. Before I apologize uh, for having to read all of it. So let me read you this, and this will be available, like I said, in its entirety. It'll take about five minutes uh, to read it. It'll take about so, five minutes. But it's important. It's important. I apologize uh, for having to read all of it, but we know their playbook before they play it. Dear Kevin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dear guy with the colorful tie. What is with the outfit? Oh, my God. Right. So uh, this is... this For a brief moment of levity. Dude, I'll be real with you. I fuck with Sam Comedy. I've been fucking with Sam Comedy my whole life. I did Sam Comedy. I knew very limited information about Nick DiPaolo. Oh my god. I am so happy I've become aware of this man. Good shit. This is the police report. On October 23rd, 23, at approximately 1230 hours, I, Officer Downey of the Chippewa Falls Police Department, was informed by Dean Hahn of several Aristotle alerts that were created by 13-year-old, name redacted because they're underage, an Aristotle alert is a program that notifies school administration of certain words that are typed into school Chromebooks. These range from a variety of racial slurs to the words bomb, shooting, etc. By the way, if you're out there and you work uh, with Aristotle, send your tips to LWC. Uh, LWC tips. LWC, LWC tips at protonmail.com. I'm curious as to what these trigger words and racial slurs are. Step them aside, but it'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. The user in all of these Aristotle alerts are redacted. This is confirmed to be redacted username. There's a URL attached to all the Aristotle alerts. Pictures were taken of the Aristotle alerts of the URL links, and they've been attached to the case. The first Aristotle alert was completed on October 22nd. 
at approximately 1.30.57 a.m. In the title, it was labeled as Complete Story of Columbine Shooting YouTube. When clicking on URL, it brings you to several videos of the Columbine shooting. The next notification came in approximately 10 minutes later at 1.40 in the morning. These two searches were titled How to Make a Pipe Bomb and Nail Bomb. The first URL was a Wikipedia search of the Centennial Olympic Park bombing, and the second URL was a detailed Wikipedia page on how to make a nail bomb. The next alert contains seven different websites that triggered the Aristotle alert. In the first URL, it talks about how to make a pipe bomb and has videos on how to do so. The second URL shows a subject putting little beads of some material into a plastic bottle, which then explodes after several seconds. A video of this was taken and included in the report. The third URL notification was titled, How to Make a Pipe Bomb. This video goes step-by-step -step on how to make a cookie recipe, followed by the song lyrics, Never Gonna Give You Up. He got Rickrolled. He did get Rickrolled. <laughs> he likes to have a laugh. Pipe bomb, pipe bomb, Rickroll. I can appreciate that. The fourth URL was titled Improvised Thermite Grenade. This goes into details on how to build a thermite grenade. The fifth notification was him looking back at the second URL video. The sixth URL is titled Legal Bombs and How to Make Explosives and Not Go to Prison. You know, it requires a little more digging than that. That doesn't just guarantee that you don't go to prison, by the way. This was more of an informational video. The last notification in this set was titled How to Make a Homemade Bomb for Under One Dollar. That's... But if you're going to make a bomb, that sounds... Sounds like a bargain. Cheap. Under a dollar. This is a video of a person who is using popsicle sticks to make a contraption, and then they explode the contraption when a person throws the contraption. Okay. The next alert contains six different URLs that range from 149 to 152. The first video shows a video of an 80-gram flash powder-filled pipe bomb exploding in the roadway. The second notification again shows a popsicle stick video. Fourth video is a website to two of the videos that he had already watched of how to make a pipe bomb, and the one including the plastic bottle exploding. The fifth alert was a video titled Teen Charge with Making Soda Bottle Bombs. The last notification was titled How to Make a Pipe Bomb, which is a spoof video of a person making a sandwich of some sorts. They have to include this in the report. But the point is, there's a lot of retrieving and then returning to these URLs seems to be a common thread. This is how they have to set up the report. I'm reading this for you so that you do not believe the left or the attackers when they say they're taking this out of context. That's what they try to do with Nashville. No, 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 no. Your move. The last Aristotle alert contained four different URLs. The first one was titled How to Make a Nuclear Reactor at Home. The second URL is a YouTube short of a homemade bomb. In this, it looks as if there's a large caliber-sized bullet taped to something with the wick coming out of it. The third URL was another screenshot of how to make pipe bombs. This would be the third time he reviewed this page, and the fourth URL notification is a repeat of the second notification. After looking at some of the Aristotle alerts, uh, Dean of Students Corey Hahn and I had redacted respond down to Dean Hahn's office to speak to him about the Aristotle alerts. A short time later, redacted arrived and sat, we'll just say the shooter, or the would-be criminal, uh, arrived and sat down in his office. I explained to redacted that at any point in time he was free to leave the room, he could refuse to answer any questions that I asked, and that we had the door shut for his privacy. He did not have any questions to any of those statements. I also asked if he was okay that I was in the room. He replied that he was. I explained that we had received Aristotle alerts and we wished to gain his perspective on these Aristotle alerts. He replied by stating something to the effect that he was reading a book and he was looking to fact check the book. He informed us the book was called The Anarchist Cookbook. I asked <laughs> if he happened to have a copy of The Anarchist Cookbook on his person. He stated that he did not have a physical copy of it. However, he had a digital copy on his Chromebook. I also wonder how was that missed if you saw all these URLs? Yeah. But The Anarchist Cookbook going to the radar. Yeah. He, he, she, Z, redacted, opened up the Chromebook and proceeded to search for the Anarchist Cookbook, provided it to me a quick search as to what the Anarchist Cookbook is. Shouldn't you know that? Yeah. yeah Showed right. that this was a book containing instructions to manufacture explosives as well as talking about the home manufacturing of illicit drugs, including LSD. Furthermore, it shows that this book had been banned in several several different areas, we know, as it's been linked. Completely side to you. The first time I ever learned about the Anarchist Cookbook, it was a... My mom has a box set with interviews from various rock stars and musicians over the years, like Gigi Allen. And there's one where Danza gives a tour of his library. It's all black and white. And Danza goes, and this is the Anarchist Cookbook. I was like, what's that? And, uh, you know, again, grow up a tattoo shop. A lot of people were more than happy to explain to me what it was. And, uh, no... No one owns a copy of it before the 1980s fucked it up. In fact, the book is back, unredacted. Um, good luck affording it. To school shootings in Colorado and Santa Monica, I looked through the web version. This information was confirmed through the table of contents. Okay. I asked for redacted to describe the book to me. He went into stating the first section was about synthesizing, creating drugs related to methamphetamines, hallucinogens, and crack cocaine. Then goes on to explain the second action... Sorry, second section was about technological tampering. The third section, third section goes into talking about hand-to-hand -hand combat weapons, including guns, knives, and explosives. I asked this person why they liked to read into this type of thing. They stated, I don't know, I like to read crazy books. So then went on to explain how they read the Communist Manifesto. And also has this book titled 120 Days of Sodom in his uh, book list of book listed to purchase. 
I asked if his parents knew that he had, they had these books. And by the way, the police report just says he repeatedly. It's just one of those things. They stated that they, uh, they stated they do not. I asked what they thought they might say when they found out they were reading that. The reply was, don't do any of the things that are in it. They then went on to explain that they wouldn't do any of those things in it and that they were just an idealistic person. Explained that this book also gets you a list, uh, on a list of some sort, and they believed it was funny to be on this list. They went on to explain one of the reasons they bought the yeah, book. The reason was self-defense. Yeah, FBI watch list. <laughs> they then stated, I don't know, the book isn't really about self-defense. Another thing they stated was that they like to look at these types of books as part of a party gag. Hmm. When looking at the online version of the Anarchist Cookbook, I found a portion that referred to making a tear gas bomb. They stated that was actually pretty difficult to make. Went on to state that they found another item that was pretty cool to make, which would be a smoke bomb. They said the smoke bomb would act kind of like a flare while emitting a lot of hot smoke. Han advised that we were going to search this person's backpack in person. So I say this is important because there's reasonable uh, suspicion. Right. There's cause yeah, for, right. for suspicion at this uh, point. And now, again, keep in mind, no one was ever in danger at any point. I would say that this would maybe suffice because there have been people who have been expelled, <laughs> suspended for far less than this. And parents would typically be notified. Including, by the way, for less credible threats at this school. Search the backpack and this person. I proceeded to search their backpack and did not locate anything of evidentiary value in the backpack. While I was searching the backpack, Mr. Han continued to talk with Redacted. During this, I overheard them talk about they had met blank who was killed. They said that he went down a uh, mental spiral after learning of the death of Redacted. Redacted continued stating that he was talking with a counselor about their depression. We asked about their school life. They stated that they think about getting to lunch when they first arrive at school. And then after lunch, they think about going home. This person uh, continued stating that they hate being at school and the kids are awful and they're bullies. <sighs> It's about to get worse. It gets a lot worse. It's, it's always that thread, though, that common yeah. thread. Roll the fuck up. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. It gets a lot worse. So Han stated that he would like to see the notebook that was checkered blue, black, and gold, which was currently sitting on, the, uh, on Han's desk. person stated that they could not search through that notebook. They stated that it was more of a religious thing and talked about their family. Han later informed me when he went to retrieve Blank from the classroom that Blank placed everything in their backpack minus the checkered notebook. This ended the interview of Redacted. Ended, ended the interview. Yeah. It ended the initial interview. I spoke with Han and Principal Darusha about the notebook in my office. I explained they had more than enough reasonable suspicion based on the Aristotle alerts and the interview with this person to seize the book and read the contents. At about this time, I had to leave for a court appearance. While at the court appearance, Han and Principal Darusha gained access to the checkered notebook. They informed me it was something serious. Recall, no one was ever at risk. They informed me it was something serious. A few hours later, I returned back to the school and reviewed the book. I opened the checkered blue, black, and gold notebook and found that it was titled Operator's Manual to Manic Violence. The first couple lines of this manifesto, police reports words, state, the first step to my plan is looking online to purchase PVC pipe and multiple PVC pipe caps, as well as black powder or gunpowder, duct tape, steel wool, and a couple of 9-volt batteries. They continue to write about how to make a pipe bomb. They also state that they might pull nails or BBs in the gunpowder to create a shrapnel effect. They also talk about the cost of $70 for this particular explosive. This person continues on with a new paragraph titled, Thoughts. It explains how they hate girls who objectify themselves. Redacted writes about how they are taking inspiration from the Columbine shooting. Before we move on, we have, okay, all of these alerts. We have an interview that is alarming. Lies about the interview saying that checkbook is just about religious stuff. Don't talk to my parents. They get it. And now you have manuals that reference what was being searched on school Chromebooks. And it continues. You think, think the parents need to know yet? No one was ever at risk. This person continued on the next page explaining how they thought about using pressure-based explosives, stating they had done research on baking soda and vinegar. They then changed their mind, set from explosives to using firearms. They state that they know how to obtain a 22 lever action and a Glock 10 from their grandfather's house. And this person goes into detail on how to start the massacre. They wrote, I would start my massacre in the morning at 8.20 when everyone was going inside, bring up, reference, the anarchist cookbook for the first time, writing, I will buy said book and inform you of any change in my plan. They continue into a new thoughts paragraph about the extermination of society. Talks about how the only solution is death. At the bottom of the page, they write, I think that all preparation will be done towards the end of the school year. We now have a time frame. They write about a reset button for the world, and that this person believes they will be a force that stops the world. The next set of paragraphs was titled Work. They state that they have now found a free-to-read version of the Anarchist Cookbook online, and write, I plan to use this to kill multiple students at my school. This will be the next Columbine. I will kill the most people I... You see why I'm not having this with my audio attached to it? No. 
Never, like, no. They broke the story. They can read it out. It can be in their uh, their verbiage. I'll quote it when it's before me on text and screen. Can by using explosives that I will make myself, all the problems that I face will be worth it after I kill all the fucking jocks and all those fucking preppy shit-headed fucking girls who need to die, and they will go burn in hell. And I will be, unknown word, and that is when I will kill myself, and I will go to the void, because that's what I believe. Making this available, link in the video description. On the next page, it continues referencing the Anarchist Cookbook, which was just fun for party gags. Let me just pause here for a second. It's not that what we're reading is disturbing. It's that the people in charge, the people who are paid by your tax dollars to protect you and your children, knew better and lied to you anyway. Yep. That's the issue. This may be a disturbed kid. Definitely is a disturbed kid. This may be a disturbed kid who may not act on it. But you have multiple series of lies saying, no, no, I wasn't doing that. No, no, that was just for a gag. And now you have a document, a manuscript, that expresses why they have these materials, why they are searching these materials, confirms that they are now learning how to use the materials to create weapons, and a plan to yeah. use those weapons to commit as much violence as possible against their fellow students, and a timeline. Yeah. But no one's at risk, according to those, sorry, public servants. On the next page, it continues referencing the Anarchist Cookbook. There's a through line. In this section, it appears blank is thinking about how this book might make him, her, Z, change their plans. They write, I, from this book, will learn how to make deadly and lethal weapons, create, make drugs, and tamper and use electronics. I am glad that I'm reading it. It will help my plan a lot. They continue stating their favorite weapon style is, so far, napalm. They go on to talk about how you can get a five-gallon bucket with some gasoline and then put styrofoam in it until the styrofoam dissolves, leaving them with a sticky putty. Then state that their second favorite is a paste-type substance made from four parts sugar and six parts potassium nitride. They then go on about how they would make this item. And then talk about a flaming tennis ball. That was just, I guess, to clear the palette, the flaming tennis ball. I yeah. don't know. The next page, they write about how to make the flaming tennis ball and also speak about Charles Manson. Happy and loves Charles's ideology. Along with Karl Marx, apparently. They continue on the next page talking about how they hate Christians and want to fucking end it all. They talk about the indoctrination of children in reference to Christianity. If this was talking about gender ideology or this was talking about progressivism, I think the parents would know. You think you'd hear about the would-be white supremacist shooter? Islam. Mm. Nah, you probably wouldn't you hear about the Islamist. You probably wouldn't hear about Didn't know about Nashville. Not even the parents knew about this. So, I guess we have another right-wing extremist? Right-wing Christian yeah. militia extremist? Yeah. Talking about how they hate Christians want to end it all, and the indoctrination of children in reference to Christianity. They state, I want to kill every old man and woman who has claimed to the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, chopping their fucking heads off and putting them on a stick just to show there is no God, only human nature. It then continues talking about how they need a woman to assist them because just because you have a nice face and a set of boobs doesn't mean you are above everyone else. The next page, they talk about how they plan on targeting the jocks and explain why they would target the jocks. Continue stating, I will, when I am 18, take a drive to the store and buy a 20-gauge shotgun and drive up to the Canadian wilderness and off myself, but I think that I will follow through with the massacre. Talks about purchasing, uh, purchasing trench coat black. Combat boots, cargo pants, and a black shirt with the word "wrath" inscribed on it with red letters. Where? Oh, that's right, Columbine. They state, sorry, they continue stating that they're going to try and murder as many people as they can by shooting them as they make their way into the school. They reference Columbine by stating that they are looking for their Dylan to their Eric. Mentions a bomb by the propane in the lunch line, but states it's much harder because of the surveillance equipment. This is a detailed plan. This is someone who has thought it out. And they're this, looking for an accomplice. They're looking for an accomplice. Somebody to help them carry this plan out. I mean, every step along the way, this person sounds very serious about actually doing what they are saying. Hey, how could you figure out if someone is along the path to being an accomplice if you don't tell anybody? Yeah. No, no other parents knew to look for the signs in their child to see if maybe they had been approached. They had no idea. Still don't. Till today. The next page, they talk about creating chaos by placing explosives and blowing up cars in the parking lot or using the cover of smoke to shoot all the students. Next thing they state is, I could do, sorry, I could on November 30th, crossed out, October 30th, release a bunch of the mega smoke bombs in town in reference from the Devil's Night and the unable to read the writing. It continues down the page talking about how they would obtain a 12-gauge semi-automatic shotgun and that this would be the gun choice. They continue on the next page about changing up the time of the massacre. Specificity. No threat according to the administration. No threat. You have no right to know. We now have a time change. We now have to squeeze it in on another date. They state they might try and go to the boys' bathroom and start it during the start of the third hours or the start of the eighth hour to avoid classes. 
This is because boys try to avoid them in those classes. On the next page, this person talks about they're searching for the Dylan to their Eric and, again, who they are targeting. Wait, wait, wait. Who they are targeting? Hmm? Potentially a list of people that they think? Is that, am I reading that correctly? A, a Seems like it. Maybe that they're thinking could be their accomplice? Beyond Christians, jocks, yeah, not pretty girls. Not targeting yeah. to kill, but targeting to enlist yeah. their services in this. Mm -hmm. That's the first time that that stuck out to me. So I could be wrong if I'm wrong, and, and they're not referring to that. If they're referring targeting is who they're trying to kill, which we've gotten a list of already. Wait, man, I have a full but list. In this context, it seems like it's saying targeting, like, here are the people that I think might help me in my plan. I just don't like the fact that they gloss over a list. Yeah. Whether it's another list of targets or a list of people who they think would be good candidates to be the Dylan to their Eric. And especially if they had a list of people who would potentially be another candidate to join them in this and didn't notify anybody else? Goes on, this person is also thinking about changing tactics to start shooting inside a bathroom instead of at the beginning of the school day. The next page refers to killing people and being upset with certain people groups in the school. Certain people groups? Hey, I think you parents, should, you should be able to know if it's a threat or not. Certain people groups? Well, that changes. Them. We have time frames, multiple time frames. Maybe they're indecisive. We already know Christians, jocks, pretty girls. So this person was inspired by, like Charles Manson, mm -hmm. like Karl Marx, anarchist cookbook. Gloss over that? We can't know. This is from the FOIA request that you, the parents, would have never known to make. Seem like no one's ever in danger? The next page, they state, I fucking hate the people who know they were threatened and are in the face of imminent danger and do nothing, a.k.a. everyone at my school except the following resource officer. That dipshit shows the wrong job. He should have something, something, the army, and got shipped overseas so he wouldn't see all the things I'm going to do to the precious students that he tries to defend. He continues talking about the semi-automatic uh, semi-automatic 20-gauge shotgun and Glock 10 that they plan on using. They also reference to get a uh, an M1 carbine universal enforcer automatic assault rifle and cite it's $2,700, which may be a problem. This person was more thwarted by a price tag than those in charge. On the second to last page, they state, I need a physical copy of the anarchist cookbook. I mean, I'm just screaming through the online one. Skimming, I think they meant. Through the online one is making me shake with anticipation and having the real deal is, I think they meant to say, more exciting. They reference using mustard gas on students. Between the last two pages, they write, I can just imagine it, going into the eighth grade doors like it's a normal day, but then I pull out a fully loaded semi-automatic shotgun as I go through the school. I will throw bombs and tear gas, blowing up the doors of classrooms before entering and sending a, a storm slash swarm of slugs flying toward the group of students huddled up in some corner away from the door like a bunch of fucking bitches. On the last page, they state that they plan to warn a few people to leave the school or hide before they start the massacre. This is the end of the manifesto. The notebook was placed in evidence. Pictures of every single page were taken and are attached to the case. After re reviewing the book, I spoke with Principal Darusha, who informed me that while speaking with this person about the manifesto, Darusha learned that Blank had begun writing this manifesto approximately nine days ago. Principal Darusha also advised this person, and redacted, was in the building and ready to speak with me about the matter. I contacted Lieutenant Booz and informed him of the school threat that I was investigating. It was determined Chippewa County Investigator Plutz would assist me due to the, inf due to the infinite campus records showing that Redacted lived in Chippewa County and not the city of Chippewa Falls. Short time later, Deputy Plutz arrived and I briefed him on what I had so far. We went to the front conference room and met with Principal Darusha, blank, and Jenny to discuss the investigation. So really quickly, quickly, really quickly, uh, we'll get to this in just a second. We've got about one more page to go. I want you to remember that additional officers were called to the campus. I want you to remember that when we talk about some of the previous incidents where parents were notified. Yes. And the justification that was used for that notification. Remember, it's not just this resource officer. It's It looks like at least two other officers were called to the campus. So an increased police presence. Yeah. Spoiler alert. This is exactly a situation of rules and standards not being applied equally, which begs the question, why? Parents were warned about other far less credible in incidents. Did not involve multiple officers. And by the way, multiple counties. Just to be clear, they were notified for far less. Why not this one? The suspicion would be, for the same reason that we have the manifestos from the Christchurch shooting, we know everything we could possibly know about Dylan Roof, and it required some people here to get the Nashville manifesto. I would say it's a similar situation. That's the conclusion to which I would come, most likely, in the absence of the information that everyone should have. <clears throat> I began by stating in the interview that what I read was very disturbing. Jenna advised she had re uh, reviewed some of the pictures that the school administration is center of the book, and this person stated that it was just their way of venting. They continued talking about some of the uh, school home issues they were experiencing. I informed Jenna of the same rights I had informed Redacted prior to interviewing them. I again informed them that they were free to leave at any point in time. They did not have to answer any questions that we asked, and the door was shut for privacy. I asked if they had any questions in regards to that. They stated no, and we're fine continuing with the investigation. 
Principal Derish explained his points of view on the manifesto. Jenna then began to talk with Redacted about the manifesto. This person stuck to their word. They were just writing it down because they were angry and they were just thoughts and that they were not a violent person. I asked if they had talked to anyone about this. They stated that they had and that it was uh, to a mental health program called Trevor, which is geared towards the LGBTQ community. <laughs> Target, kill Christians, jocks, pretty girls. The only person I've spoken with is uh, an LGBTQ-based mm. mental health yeah. consulting program. Must be a common thread. I wonder if there's more information like that in the lists. Be helpful. They confirmed they spoke with this Trevor system on several occasions and their plans. I asked this person what steps they had taken in starting the planning. They stated none. But you spoke with Trevor, the LGBTQ-centered counseling service, about your plans. And, oh, no, no, I don't have any plans. Yeah, this is not the fault of this individual, this child. It's the fault of a system that has failed them, including what you're reading in this report, which was never sent to you. Not even, I mean, you get Amber Alerts over custody battles. Yeah. Jenna interrupted and informed me that Blank, just this morning, had asked her about making a smoke bomb. She confirmed she just wrote that off as something odd that a student or a person would say. Well, in and of itself, that may be true. However, Blank mentioned a few, really giving the benefit of the doubt on a lot of this. A lot of that stuff. Mentioned a few times in the manifesto that they were looking to make a smoke bomb. Arguably the least concerning of the bombs included. Yes. I asked them to explain their reference in the manifesto by creating smoke bombs and using them on October 30th. They stated that it would be dumb fun and knew that they wouldn't actually be able to do this just because of the illogical aspect of getting around the town to light the bombs. They also cited that the smoke bombs would take a professional, I would sorry, would take professional grade materials to make and that they would be unable to complete this. Jenna then asked this person why they would be looking these things up if they weren't planning, planning on doing this. Redacted stated that they were proof checking the anarchist cookbook that they were reading. So this is very clearly, you know, you have children, they lie. They lie. You've caught them in multiple lies. What's most disturbing is you've caught them lying about dates, about what they're doing, what they're assembling, why they're reading what they're... Proofreading? Does that work? No. Does that work with anyone? I guess it works with the principal here. I guess it works with the administrative officials here. I guess it's enough for the, the police involved. I would argue, based on what we're going to tell you in just a minute about the actions that they took, it didn't work on them. It didn't work on the police. No, they knew. It, it's the administration's job to inform the parents. Right. And again... I'll show you where they did inform the parents. Now, in those situations, it wasn't someone targeting Christians and jocks who, um, for some reason, was discussing this with an LGBTQ plus centric counselor. No, no, that wasn't necessarily the case with these other scenarios, but parents were warned with great haste. Why not here? Why not Nashville? Proofreading the book like he's published, or the publisher. Well, you're going to send yeah, it back gotta, with a red pen? Yeah. you got to edit. This is way to take this out. Oh, thermite. Yeah. Can't believe I lost that one. <laughs> Eventually, I got around to asking if there were any firearms in the residence. Jenna informed me, a lot of redacted, there is no access to firearms in her house. She informed me at her husband's house, redacted, there are several weapons that are always locked up and the children do not know the passcode. She also informed me, redacted, have several firearms that are not locked up. Repeat that. They have several firearms that are not locked secured. Do you see the woman that just got sentenced to yeah. 15 years or just got found guilty? Not sentenced? One of the reasons was... Four counts of 15 years. Four counts of yeah. 15 years? Not having a firearms locked up. Yeah. At the very least, we talk about this. This could also be a story regarding political prosecution. The right people can go after you for just this. Oh, you don't have firearms locked up. You go to prison for life. Oh, wait, hold on a second. We have someone who is in the direct orbit of someone who has uh, downloaded, purchased, tried to procure a physical copy of the Anarchist Cookbook, stated dates, times, purchased materials to assemble weapons, and has written down their plans to use this on fellow classmates, particular fellow classmates. What motivates them? So they have a few unlocked firearms. They could just as easily right now be prosecuted, just because it happens. Why not know about this? A plan was made to go to Redacted to search this person's room for items related to the manifesto. Prior to this, I had spoken to Jenna privately, and she stated that she was on board for allowing me into her home to search the residence for those items. Deputy Plutz, Officer, Officer Thornton, and I arrived at the address to search the residence. Officer Thornton remained outside and spoke with this person outside the residence while Deputy Plutz and I searched the residence. While searching the residence, we did not locate anything of law enforcement interest minus redacted Amazon account. Jenna informed us that this person does have their own Amazon account and gets an allowance to purchase things off of there. Deputy Plutz was able to locate a saved items list. While scrolling through the list, we located several items of police interest, including potassium nitride, which they referenced in the manifesto to making the sticky substance, the napalm. 
a Tydex bodysuit, black trench coat, Bunsen burner, Israeli rubber respirator mask, uh, mask protection. We also located in uh, their notes folder, they talked, again, about making napalm. They cite mixing equal parts of gasoline and frozen orange juice. Pictures of these items were taken and added to the case. Just a quick note, uh, we've redacted this information online, but there are some names coming up in these next paragraphs. Don't read the names. The police did not redact some of the names. Okay. Did you say frozen orange juice? Yes. This is another plot by Big Orange Julius. Exactly. Bird's eyes involved. After searching the residence, I spoke with Jenna about going to Redacted. She stated that this person was okay with law enforcement responding over there. A short time later, we arrived at the residence. Prior to entering, I spoke with Redacted and asked if it was okay if I could come into the residence, and they stated it was. In Redacted's room, the only thing of law enforcement interest I located was a book titled Enemies. Pictures of the contents of this book were taken and were added to the case. At the conclusion of the search in this room, I informed both Redacted and Jenna to look through the rest of their house for any other possible manifesto-related items and keep me posted if they found anything. A bunch of Redacted information here. I terminated contact with Jenna at this time. So, <clears throat> what we have here is, well, sorry, an event where at no time were any of the students at risk or in harm's way thanks to the dedicated efforts of the middle school staff. Seems like there were great efforts taken by the police department. Yeah. This, is, this, is not, uh, this is not a half-hearted investigation. And it seems like they found quite a bit. I mean, typically speaking, if you're going to look at someone, if they're an adult, okay? Yeah. And so, okay, is this a legitimate threat? Do we have motive? It's all over. It's all over here, right? It's all over this manifesto. Okay. Do we have specific actions? Okay. Do we have evidence of materials or plots to pull out said actions? You have time for it. You have, you have saved lists on Amazon, and you have some of those items hanging around. And do we also have inconsistent stories that would lead us to greater suspicion? You have this person lying to you in this interview. All of this is cause for concern. All of it, just to be clear. No one was ever in danger. Yeah. They didn't believe it. I would argue at this point the school has acted responsibly. So far, at that point in time, involving the police, trying to figure out what's going on, trying to figure out if this is a real threat or not, trying to figure out what the next steps are, all of that. So everything's on track. And then so far, Stonewall. So all this happens, oh, okay, quietly, oh, I'm this person. wait, why? You don't know anything about this. Truancy. Now, they say that there was no need for a warning. The parents didn't need to know. This doesn't exist in a vacuum. So let's contrast this with the same school. Do they, do they have a history of notifying parents of incidents? And are those incidents more severe than this that would justify not letting them know? Okay, March 7th, 2023, parents were notified by this exact school when there were false swatting calls. All school superintendent Jeff Holmes says they aren't able to release many details in a swatting incident because of the age of the student they believe responsible. But he says they do take these incidents seriously. Chippewa Falls do police they? say the dispatch center received a number of calls yesterday from what sounded like a young child. One of the calls said there was an intruder at the high school who was shooting in the lunchroom. The school resource officer was able to immediately confirm this information was false. Police chief Matt Kelm says a total of six 911 calls were made throughout the course of the day. The suspect is a Chippewa Falls elementary school student. Our law enforcement officials were able to work quickly to narrow it down and that we've actually know who the individual was that caused the panic is a good thing. Yeah, and same school district, right? So same school district school, this is the, the middle school that we're talking about, but same school district where they would have the same policy. They have the same policy. to notify parents and how to proceed. March 14th. So now we have a direct apple. So you say that's swatting. Potential school shooting threat in the district was reported to parents. Of 2022, March 14th, 2022. Did I say 2023? You did. You just said March 14th. You just felt the need to add the year? I was helping. Okay, thank you. This was the uh, following statement, which was sent to parents uh, from the school at 11.30 p.m. This afternoon, a statement was overheard that involves a potential gun threat. That's the FMS for Tuesday, March 15th. This statement was reported via email at 6.40 p.m. to a teacher. The teacher read the email and forwarded it to the CF, uh, CFMS administrative team at 7.25 p.m. We immediately notified the middle school resource officer and initiated an investigation. The investigation was already com was completed by 11.05 p.m. and the threat was deemed not credible. Now compare this to a manifesto, to a wish list, to dates, and to targets. They notified the school's decision-making or the lack of ability. Dean of Students at the, the Chippewa Falls Middle School, Corey Hahn. Let me, before I play this for you, and it's, uh, it's how long is it? It's a seven minutes. It's a seven-minute call. I want to play it in its entirety. Look, I get it. It's not, a, it's not always the most entertaining thing when you have to play, but if we don't play the seven minutes, the story would be about, you cut 30 seconds out. Remember that happened with BlackRock? Yep. It's like, okay, so 
Just because at this point we don't want to have to follow up on the lies, all of it is out in the open. That's why it's seven minutes. Let me provide some context here. They're going to try to make some claims in this call. Okay, here's a claim that you'll hear because I don't want to pause the video. There's no imminent threat by the student in this case, so there's no need to notify the parents. The truth is that the dean of students, Corey Hahn himself, informed police that this was a very serious matter to be taken seriously, and the student was suspended immediately and then expelled December 6th in a closed-door session. Yeah, there was nothing to worry about, though. Nothing we to worry immediately about. removed this person from the school <laughs> and in a closed-door session immediately, or as quickly as we possibly could, expelled this student from our school district. Yes, and you're going to hear another claim on this call um, that, uh, unlike this case, you no know, parents were informed of these, other, these, these previous incidents because those incidents had a police presence at the school. There was at least one police officer who showed up at the school in addition to the school safety officer with this very scenario. So I just set that up because you listen to the seven-minute call, and you may not know how to call balls and strikes. You can if you go check out the references. You'll know it's a lie, but I just told you. Here's the call from our journalist to, uh, I want to make sure I get the name right, Dean Corey Hahn. Hello, this is Corey. Uh, hey, Corey, what's up, man? It's Mike. Uh, left you a message earlier. Hi. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. I appreciate you getting back to me. I know you're busy. Um, I just had an issue with my son that I just wanted to discuss with you. If you just have a minute. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so unfortunately, um, uh, me and my wife got divorced a little while back, and uh, she has full custody, of course. So I don't always hear everything that kind of happens. So I just wanted to... I, one of my friends is uh, on the local police department there. Um, he had mentioned there was a a child who was kind of planning something back in October with a manifesto and stuff like that. So I... I didn't hear about it, so I didn't know if you guys had alerted my wife and she didn't tell me. Because um, that's just kind of concerning for me if that's the case. Again, if you guys didn't uh, reach out to parents and let them know for some specific reason, I understand that. But I just wanted to make sure if that event happened the way it was explained to me from the police officer that you guys didn't send an alert out. And basically, my wife didn't tell me about it, right? <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, what, what I can tell you is that like there was um, there there was an incident that involved a student, um, and I, I won't get into kind of the specifics of that. Um, but there was there wasn't uh, an incident that involved a student, and you know we we found out about it right away, and we, we took the actions that we do with, with every student, right? We investigated it all the way through. Um, you know, brought we're lucky enough to have a school resource officer here with us, and we, we brought him in on it too, and then you know um, and we, we kind of followed the, the procedures that we normally do with those things. Um, I I can look back, but I don't believe we sent anything out to parents um, because you know through our investigation, everything that was going on. There was there was at no time that we felt um, an imminent threat to any of the kids in our building or our building at all, anything like that. Um, so that's that's why we, we wouldn't have sent anything out to parents at the time. Okay, and part of the reason I was asking is I know there were some swatting calls. And there was an incident like a year or two ago, too, where uh, an incident happened. It was investigated. It was not credible at the time. So you guys did let parents know at that time. So I just wasn't sure if it was a situation like that or if it was something more serious, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And this was back in October. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I don't know. I can't remember the exact date. Okay, yeah, again, I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot or get anybody in trouble or anything. And one of my friends from the police department was telling me that there was a manifesto found. And it, was, it was pretty graphic and stuff, so it seemed like something we would normally, or you guys would normally kind of let parents know about. So I just wanted to, you know, kind of clarify that, or, or clear that up, basically. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Wait, can I, can I ask your last name? Uh, honestly, I just want to remain, remain anonymous right now. Uh, I don't want... Anyway, again, I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot or have my kid, you know, uh, you know, shine a light on him in any way. The main thing I was just trying to find out is basically if you let parents know if my wife didn't tell me, you know, so. Okay, yeah. I guess the, the reason I ask is just because, like, I mean, right at the school district, we, we always do everything we possibly can. I mean, safety is our number one concern, right? There's 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 never anything that we do that safety isn't the forefront of, of what we're doing and keeping our kids safe, keeping our staff safe, everything like that, too, or whatever. And so um, I'm just, like, just a little bit curious, too, that, like, the, the police department would be would be leaking something like that to somebody as well, too, because, right, like, we work really closely with them, and we just want to make sure that we're, you know, we're all on the same page with kind of, you know, who's who's saying what to who and, and, and that type of stuff. No, I definitely get that. Again, this was a private conversation. That I don't want to put him in any hot spot or anything like i said he, to, the way he had described it uh it just seemed a little more serious um than some of the other stuff that you let parents know about right okay yeah and, and like i said like we you know we we do our due diligence every time and, and at no point did we feel like there was a, an imminent threat to anybody um or any any safety concern like that in our in our building at the time or anything which is which is why we didn't reach out to the parents can i just ask why you would let parents know about the, the other stuff the swatting calls the, the other incidents that were deemed not credible but you wouldn't let parents know about this i'm just just curious what's the difference yeah. Well, I mean, so Mike, I'm going to be totally honest with you. Like, it, it, I'm I'm a little bit concerned about this conversation because it seems like you're you're digging for some things. Like, I'm just I'm. That, I'm just, yeah. No, I'm digging. I'm digging for. I'm digging for that exact question I just asked. Right. I know we let parents know about stuff that had happened that was less credible. This seemed a little more credible to me. So it just seemed like something we would normally let parents know about. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I guess like you know if you if you would like to come in too and discuss this in person, I would, I would love to do that too. And um, you know we can kind of go through all that. We can bring Officer Downey into the conversation as well, and um, and he can kind of fill you in on, on some of those different types of things. So yeah, no, I would definitely possibly be interested in that for sure. Um, but again, just a simple question like why would you let parents know about less credible things when you had something that was seems more credible to me based on the conversation I have, and you wouldn't let parents okay. know about that? I'm just just honestly, that's my main question. 
Okay, yeah, and, and, and I, I understand that, right? And, and, and I, I get your, your 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 conversation that it seems more credible. Um, you know, I would say with the, with the SWAT incidents and things like that, like you know, there were um, sometimes police officers that showed up to our building and so forth. And so, um, you know, obviously we, we let people know that there was not there's not anything going on. Everybody was safe. Everybody was okay. In this situation, we you know we we got to it right away. We handled it really quickly. And um, and again, we, we felt that there was no credible threat to you know to our, our staff or our students at the time or anything like that. So. But but that's my question. Like previously, there was no we didn't think there was a threat. We didn't think there was any problems, and we let parents know. But What's the difference between this situation? Well, but, but again, I, I you know, it's those previous ones, right? Like there was, if police were there or police showed up um, at our building, right? People, people see that. And so we, we let them know that. But this one, again, we, but didn't, we didn't, that an officer, it. didn't an officer come to the building for this one though? Well, we have a school resource officer at our building every single day. But wasn't there? We, we employ, we employ school resource officer Dan Downey. Okay. So Dan Downey is, is directly through the local department and he basically just, just handles it is what you're saying. Well, yeah, so he's our school resource officer, and the high school the high school has a school resource officer, Brian Flug, and so both both schools have a, have a full time school resource officer. Okay, all right. So you're just saying the difference is cops came. There was more of a scene, so you want to let people know. Where this one, there wasn't that same scene, so you just didn't feel necessary to basically just scare people, I guess, or alert, you know, something like that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, again, that was my main thing. I wanted to know if there was something that came out that I just wasn't made aware of. So if that's the case, um, I might take you up on an in-person meeting at some point so we can discuss. But for now, I think that kind of satisfies my question. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling and have a great weekend. Cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate you back. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Couple of things. First off, I just hurt oh, my wow. chin on his hand. I cut on my knuckle and put on hand sanitizer. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, uh -huh. So hit the smash the rumble button or whatever to hit like just to give me a second. Can I ask you a question. Do you think when he said have a good weekend, he meant that? I question the sincerity. <laughs> you know what? That's also, it's not the worst thing. The worst thing is a potential murder, right? Let's yes, be clear about that. But the arrogance. Well, that being said, I'm actually. You get the idea. I actually have to go. I'm having some technical difficulties. I'm going to wrap this up here. Pretty conclusive episode. I mean, everything seems to have gotten covered. So that being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, James Madison, and I will talk to you later. Deuce.